Mark chapter number 6, and we'll start in verse number 30. It says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw him departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And when Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion towards them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 pence penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, They say, Five and two fish. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, blessed and brake the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Uh, this morning our message is going to be on the Lord is our shepherd. And I want to consider this miraculous feeding of the 5,000 and know that Jesus is a merciful and compassionate shepherd to lost and hungry, helpless sheep. And so as we look at this story, we're going to think about three different aspects of it. We'll see the forsaken and famished out in the wilderness, because that's where we start the story. You have these people out in the wilderness, scattered. But then you see a compassionate shepherd come to the sheep, and we end up with everybody full and satisfied in green pastures. So the Lord is my shepherd. Well, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two earlier in the chapter on their first mission without him to preach. And they went and they preached and healed and cast out demons. And so Jesus said, don't take anything for your journey. Don't take any money. Don't take any food. The only thing I want you to take is a staff and you can take a coat. So they returned and told Jesus all that had happened and what they had taught. And Jesus tells them they're going to go into the wilderness and rest a while. So they go out, preach through all the cities. They come back, tell Jesus what happened. And he said, okay, 
there's so much going on here. People are coming and going. Don't even have enough time to sit down and eat. Let's just go out and we'll go out into the wilderness. We'll go out into the desert. And then there's nobody out there and we'll rest. Well, the people saw him leaving in verse 33. They saw him departing. And it says they ran a foot out of all the cities and out went them. So the people watched them leave and they anticipated where they were going because they knew him. And they took off ahead of them. So the disciples and Jesus got on the boat, probably skirting the shore to another place. The people took off running and went around them, around the shore, and they got there ahead of them. So we got a stark contrast between the unbelief earlier where people were saying, get out of the town. We don't want you here. Now people are follow these people are following Jesus. And even whenever he tries to leave, they're still uh, following him. So let's imagine the disciples got out, preached. They come back. There was a crowd. They can't even get something to eat. Jesus says, let's go out and rest a while. And they go and they get there to the other side where they thought it's going to be a deserted place. And then there's just as many people there as whenever they left. What would you make of such a crowd? Maybe would you be excited to see so many people there and say, wow, this, this movement is growing. I'm glad that people want to hear and, and be around Jesus. Or maybe aggravated. That might be the most common response, aggravated because the plan was to go and get something to eat and to rest. And now there's just as many people there as before you took off to rest. What was Jesus' reaction? When Jesus came out and saw much people, he was moved with compassion towards them. Jesus was moved with compassion because why? Because they were a sheep, a sheep not having a shepherd. Jesus looked out at these people running in the wilderness, trying to find him, starving, not for, not for the food of, of fish and bread, but they were spiritually starving, famished. He looks at them as sheep, not having a shepherd. The Bible's full of imagery of the sheep, the shepherd and the sheep. And the, the chief's job of a shepherd is to feed and to water and protect the sheep. That, that's his task. They don't do well hunting out food on their own and water on their own, especially if they're in a desert place. So, the, so a shepherd is going to take the sheep and they're going to take them from one green pasture to the other. They're going to lead them um, through barren land and bad feed into a place where they can eat and where they can thrive. He's going to protect them from um, wolves and, and other uh, predators that are trying to protect them. So, But in a harsh climate like that, the sheep are not going to do very well if they make it at all. And so, all through the scriptures, starting with Abel, you have shepherds tending the flock. Feeding the sheep, leading the sheep, watering them, protecting them. And God uses this relationship of sheep and shepherd to illustrate a spiritual point. For example, Moses 
spent 40 years literally herding sheep until God called him back to lead Israel out of Egypt. And so then Moses became a shepherd of Israel. And so for 40 years in the wilderness, Moses was following God and led the people of Israel through the wilderness. And in the fit of frustration, he disobeyed God's command that forbade him um, from striking the the rock. And he did it anyway, um, didn't do what he was supposed to do. And God said, well, because of this, you can't go into the promised land. So now Israel was on the border of the promised land just before they entered Canaan. And Moses, before he died, prayed unto the Lord. And listen to what it says in Numbers 27. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, which may go in before them, which may lead them out, which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thou Joshua, the son of Nun, a man whom the Spirit lay thy hands upon him. So Moses said, I'm going to die. I'm not going to be able to lead the people into Israel. Please, Lord, give them a shepherd. Give them someone. So when they go into the promised land to to take over the the land, they're not going to just be wandering around like sheep without a shepherd. That's, That's a bad scenario for the sheep. For two decades, Moses taught the people. He guided them. He rebuked them. He pointed them to Jehovah. The previous generation died out. and This new generation was going in. And Moses worried for them. He didn't want them to be scattered without guidance, without direction. And so when Moses died, he called Joshua to lead the people. And Joshua was like a shepherd to the people. He led them in battle. And he led them to fulfilling the will of the Lord. And so you have people like Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, Josiah, Hezekiah, good shepherds who loved and cared for God's sheep, God's people. Because they recognized that they belonged to God. But the Old Testament wasn't always full of these good situations. In fact, Moses was correct to worry about what would happen to the people of God if they were scattered like sheep? And it happened several times in the book of Jeremiah, um, chapter 23. Verse number one. Woe be unto the pastors. And pastor just means shepherd. That's all that word means. So woe be unto the pastors of the shepherds that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Saith the Lord, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away. You have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. So in the Old Testament, there were shepherds that God sent for the people, but the shepherds didn't care about the people. That they were uh, not feeding them and, 
and not protecting them, but doing the opposite. Woe unto those shepherds. Who were some of those shepherds? Well, uh, Israel was scattered like a sheep without a shepherd in Ahab's reign, it says in 2 Chronicles 18. During the exile, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 34, um, it says, it talks about the, the time during the exile. In verse number 1, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and you clothe you with the wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. The diseased have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but the force with cruelty you have ruled them. And they were scattered, because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill, yea, my flock was scattered upon the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I liveth, saith the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for the flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not the flock. Therefore, all ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock, neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. So the people were scattered. And those that should have known the word of God, those who should have known the truth about God, those who should have preached the grace and the mercy of God, were only concerned about themselves. And it happened after the exile. And you can read about that in Zechariah chapter number 11. And it's, you know, along the same lines. The sheep were scattered. And so you have through the Old Testament, in every different sort of era of the Old Testament, you had people scattered without, and, and, and in a desperate situation. When Christ looks at the people, and they come following after them. He pities them and is moved with compassion. And it's not so much that they ran all that way. And it's not so much that they had some physical problems. Which, you know, he had compassion on them. But he's moved compassion because they, they had no shepherd. They were scattered. The leaders in Israel, the religious leaders in Israel, did not care about the souls of the people. We've already seen where the Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus. We've already seen where the scribes are actively opposed to Jesus because he's not doing what they wanted him to do and preaching like he wants them to preach. And pretty soon in the Gospel of Mark, we'll see how uh, the more that Jesus shows who he is and teaches and reveals who he is, the more that the shepherds of Israel will hate him. 
the people who should know better, the priests, the people who should care about the people, uh, the priests and the Levites and the, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, even the Herod, we just saw the Herod killed the John the Baptist. They care for themselves. But what of the people? What of the people of Israel? What of the Jews that, that remain? Well, they're shepherdless. Jesus comes to this land and sees sheep running about in the wilderness with no one to guide them, no one to care for their souls. So Jesus looked upon them and was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. The blessed Lord Jesus had pity and sympathy on these people. And so in his humanity, Jesus saw them without help or without guide, and rather being frustrated with them, rather than being aggravated with them, he was moved with pity to help them. Now remember, they were going off to rest, and here these people come, and Jesus sees them and said, they have no one to care for their souls. So the man who commanded the wind and the seas, who raised the dead, is now moved with compassion. Now this is a great mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh. The fact that we have seen Jesus tell the wind to stop blowing and the sea to stop rolling, to tell a dead girl to rise, and she did, to heal a woman of a disease that no one could heal, to, cl to cleanse the leper, to do what only God can do, and yet be moved with compassion. So what we have here is we see that Christ is both truly God and truly man. Now I'm going to pause the story just for a minute because this is very important, and it will help us to think about through these things. Who is it that we're dealing with here? The disciples ask this, what manner of man is this? Well, what manner of man is this? that can be moved with compassion, that can see a situation and be moved to, to help that, and yet be Almighty God. Well, we have God the Son, who always existed as the second person in the Trinity. So what happened is that God the Son assumed a human nature in the incarnation. So whenever he was born of a virgin, he assumed a human nature. That means that Jesus didn't just look like a man and act like a man, that he assumed that nature. He, he was man. So think about it like this. Think about like addition and not subtraction. In the incarnation, Jesus assumed a human nature. He didn't subtract a divine nature or he didn't put a divine nature on hold but he assumed he added that human nature. He didn't subtract deity. So Jesus is truly God and truly human. And that human nature that he has is unfallen and sinless. So when we think about Jesus Christ, we think about the divine son who acts and subsists in two natures, 
two natures in one person. And he doesn't take away from the divine nature or he doesn't become some kind of third person or third type of thing. So when Jesus is moved with compassion, he truly experiences life and acts like a man. Though unfallen and sinless. Never was there a man like the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we look to Jesus, we look to the one who subsists as the eternal God, who can do all things, whatsoever he wills, whatsoever he pleases. He is, I am that I am. But we also see he has a true human nature who can have compassion with his disciples and say, let's go off and rest. Who can look at the people who are without a shepherd and, have comp- and be moved with compassion. So we don't have a God who is moved by his feelings and, and, and directed by some outside force. But we have a true man who is moved and touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So we have in Jesus, the, per, the one person of Jesus Christ, we have the eternal God who can do all things for us. And the true human man, unfallen and sinless, who can have compassion and pity on the fallen. So let's go back to our story. Jesus Christ here is the perfect man. And he didn't put himself first. He put the needs of the people first. He, he put what these people needed before his own wants, his own desires, what his flesh would have wanted, which was to rest and to eat. So that's why Paul said, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, for even Christ pleased not himself. But it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Even Christ um, loved others as he came as true human man. He, is, he was not made like unto angels. So he didn't have a, a, an angel type uh, spiritual body, we could say. He was made like unto his brethren. Flesh and blood. And he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The flesh and blood that he experienced. He experienced life as a true human man. And he knows the, the hardships and heartaches and the limitations of, of humanity. He knows what it's like to endure temptation. He knows what it's like to uh, gain in wisdom. For we, we know in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature before men. He, he knows what it's like to experience life as a true human. But he did so with the unfallen and sinless nature. And so he is compassionate towards us. He is a merciful high priest who cares for you. So you know the passages in Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 4, that he was made like unto us, that we can have a compassionate high priest. Remember in the Gospel of Luke where uh, John the Baptist's dad was kind of, you know, the, the angel came and, and told him that uh, his wife is going to have a, a child and, 
And then he kind of doubted, and the angel said, okay, well, you're not going to talk to the baby's born. There was no mercy. There was no compassion there with the angel. The angel knows obedience and disobedience. Jesus uh, knows only obedience, but he knows as a, as a human, as a human man and his human nature, he knows the frailty of our f- flesh. And so Jesus is a compassionate shepherd, a compassionate high priest, a merciful high priest. And child of God, you can come to Jesus and know that he's merciful and he know, know that he cares for you and know that he loves his people and he loves his sheep as a, as a good shepherd. And so Jesus saw the people forsaken and without anyone to care for them and anyone to care for their souls. And so Jesus fed them. Not first with the food, but first he taught them. That's what it says. That was the answer. Jesus was moved with compassion. And how did he relieve the situation? He began to teach them many things. The great need that they had was the need of their soul. In the chief places of worship, they might hear the Bible read, but they would hear about tradition. They'd hear about the law. They'd hear about what the doctors had to say, and this commentator said that, and that commentator said the other. But what they need was to be directed to their shepherd. The job of a shepherd is to feed the sheep to point them to the shepherd. And they didn't have that. They didn't have anyone in the synagogues that would say, the Lord is your shepherd. Turn from your wicked ways and believe upon the Lord and trust in him. Trust in his grace and his mercy. We know they would hear about their tradition. They'd hear about what to do and not to do and those sorts of things. The job of the shepherd it's to point the sheep to, to the shepherd. You know, that's how you could pray for me. Pray that I would not hide the truth, that I would care more about your souls than being well thought of. The, the scribes and the Pharisees and the chief priests, they feared man. They feared what everybody was going to think of them. And Jesus would ask them a question. You know, Jesus would say, John's baptism from heaven or from men. And they said, well, if we say this, then they're going to, Jesus is going to say, if we say from heaven, then uh, he'll say, then why didn't we listen to John? If we say it's from men, then uh, we don't want to do that because that'll make the people mad. They didn't care what the truth was. They cared about their power, their position, what everybody thought of them. That's not how a shepherd acts, right? That's not how one acts... Um, if they care about the people, Jesus cared. He was compassionate, and so he told them what they needed. You know, just think about it like a parent. If a parent cares more about wanting their children to like them than being a good parent to them, then you're going to fail them as a parent. If if you want to be your children's buddy more than you want to be their parent, then you're setting yourself up for a life of heartache. 
God hasn't called you to be their buddy. He's called you to be their parent. To guide them like a shepherd would guide little sheep. That's who you are. It's a great responsibility to, to shepherd these little souls. And so, like a shepherd, you have to guide them. You have to, you have to be the bad guy, so to speak, sometimes. You have to say, no, this is what the scripture says, little child. This is what God says that you have to do. And guide them. Anytime anybody's in a position of, of this kind of leadership, where you have people over the, you, you have to d- desire their good first. You have to say, I love my children so much that I'm going to have them mad at me rather than uh, uh, neglecting what I have to do. So you pray that way for me. That I would care more about your souls than being well thought of, right? That's what happened in Israel. The faithful shepherds did not point them to Christ. Now what's happened to the people? They're scattered. Well, Jesus is the faithful shepherd. He's the one that the people have been looking for and waiting for. He is God's shepherd. So back in Ezekiel, I stopped in verse number 10. I'm going to pick back up in verse number 11 of Ezekiel 34. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and the dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. And upon the high mountain of Israel shall their fold be. And they shall lie in the good fold in the fat pasture. They will feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and bind up that which was broken and strengthen that which, which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed with judgment. Jesus looked upon that flock, sheep without shepherds, and had compassion. He began to teach them. The Old Testament says, these shepherds have all failed. So I will come, and I will bring them. I will call them. I will feed them. I will protect them. I will make them lay down in the good pastures. I will bring them in and and give them the food that they need. So Jesus begins to teach to them. So now the day is far spent. Jesus has been preaching a long time to them. And his disciples came to him and said, Jesus is getting late and we're out in the desert. You know, you told us not to take any food with us when we went out, not to take any money with us. We're in the desert and these people are going to be hungry. Just send them home. Have some compassion on them, Jesus. Send them home where they can go to a neighboring town and get them something to eat before it gets dark and they're not just wandering out here. So the disciples have some compassion. They say they're going to be hungry. 
you gotta take care of them or they're just gonna be out here in the dark and they're gonna get hungry and then what are we gonna do? Uh, disciples, no doubt, are exhausted. They're probably hungry and ready to eat themselves. And, th- and they got a little bit of food, but not, not very much. So I'm sure they're in a stressful situation. Maybe the people will start saying, hey, what are we going to do for food around here? We had a meeting one time when I was in Georgia in a Bible conference. We was going to have pizza at 6 o'clock, and then church is going to start at 7 and uh, have preaching then. Well, it's 5.30, the pizza wasn't there. 5.45, the pizza wasn't there. 5.55, the pizza wasn't there. We started calling the place, and uh, it would ring and ring and ring. Then we started calling it, and it was busy. Uh, the, the place is supposed to have all this pizza. We couldn't get a hold of it, and they took the phone off the hook. Well, we had a whole bunch of people there who had, some of them worked all day, some of them had driven a long distance, and they were ready to eat supper, and they were going to eat at pizza at 6 o'clock, and it's now 6.15, and there's nothing there to eat. That's kind of a stressful situation. 6.30 came, not there. Somebody from the church went to find out what happened. Well, we started, uh, we just went ahead and started church. We had a whole church full of hungry people. Kids that got off from school and they were expecting pizza and they got there and there was no food. That was kind of a stressful situation. Well, we found out that a bunch of people at that pizza place quit that, that afternoon, and there was just one person there that was left. And that one person's trying to make all this pizza, and he took the phone off the hook because he was too busy uh, trying to get that pizza made. But the but the the thing is, people get hungry and and expecting food or wanting food, and maybe looking at the disciples, and the disciples are like, look, we can't help them. Send them away so they can go take care of themselves. So the, Jesus, the disciples telling Jesus what to do, and Jesus says, no, you guys just give them something to eat. You 12 go feed the thousands. And they said, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth worth of bread and give them to eat? You go feed them, disciples. Well, how, do you expect, how are we supposed to do that, Jesus? Kind of like when Moses said, you know, we can go catch all the fish in the sea and I won't be able to feed all these people. How am I going to feed these people in the wilderness, Lord? Don't you realize how many people are here? 200 penny worth of bread, that's a half a year's wages. I went and uh, looked and just took an average price. And if you went and... Uh, Fed five. If you went and got five thousand Big Mac value meals, that'd be around twenty-five thousand dollars, right? That's what we're talking about. So we got five thousand people there. It's like, okay, we'll just go take them to McDonald's. Go take them to McDonald's with what? Well, how? How am I going to pay for all that? How am I going to pay? How? What are we going? How are we supposed to feed these people? And Jesus said, Well, what do you have? We got five loaves of bread and two fish. And that's not going to go very far. The disciples may have been, they were young men. Um, They may have been, you know, maybe teenagers or early 20s. 
and they probably starved to death. And so that two bread and or that five loaves of bread and two fish might not have went very far with the disciples. And Jesus said, no, just divide that up amongst everybody. Five loaves and two fish, that's it. Well, Jesus goes and he takes them and he has them sit down in ranks. He said, all right, everybody line up. I want you in groups of hundreds and groups of fifties. Nice orderly fashion, everybody get in the line, everybody line up, just like an army troop. We're not here in the desert. Come here and follow me. We're going to go over here first. And he takes them. And uh, he takes them. Look in verse 39. And he commanded them to make them all sit down by companies upon the green grass. Of all the details Mark can give you. Of all the details that are in the, the, the Gospels. We don't know what the disciples' clothes look like. We don't know... Uh, what color hair they had, or anything such as that. Of all the details that Mark could give us, he tells us he made him sit down in the green grass. I wonder why Mark tells us that. I wonder why Mark tells us three times in in the early verses of our text that we read today that they went to a desert place. Verse 31. Come apart into a desert place. Verse 32, and they departed to a desert place. And then the disciples said, we have come, in verse 35, to this desert place. Three times it said desert place, barren, wilderness, nothing there. And then Jesus says, okay, I'm going to feed you. But first, everybody line up. Everybody come over here. So he starts herding them over. And where does he take them? He takes them to the green grass. Jesus found a place out in the desert. He found green pastures out in the desert and told them to sit down. What does that remind you of? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd, out of love for the people, shepherds them together, puts them in companies, lines them up in an orderly fashion, sets them down in the green grass, and says, now sit down, I'm going to feed you. So we have something literal here that's figuratively showing what Jesus has already done to them. He's fed their souls through the preaching, and now physically we see what this shepherd is doing. He is the shepherd. He leads them out of the desert place and puts them down in the wilderness in the green pastures. He takes the bread, he prays over it, he breaks it, and gives the portions out to his disciples. So everyone's sitting down in an orderly fashion. There's no confusion. There's no running over people. There's no stampeding people. There's no uh, people pushing others out of the way and getting seconds before somebody already has. No, they're all lined up. Jesus said, here, disciples, pass out this food. And so they go and they pass out the food. And they keep passing it out, keep passing it out, keep passing it out. 5,000 people, they pass it, 5,000 men. So I don't know how many women and children they were, but they kept passing it out, passing it out. 
when Elijah was at the widow's house in the Old Testament, they had enough for just one day. Elijah goes to the widow's house and says, hey, fix me something to eat. And she said, I just got enough food for me and my boy for one day. And Elijah says, well, that's all I want to eat is enough food for one day. So they fix the food. And in the morning they wake up and guess what? They have just enough for that day. And every day they woke up, they had just enough for that food for that day. Elisha was there with a hundred prophets and they brought a whole bunch of bread and corn and that food stretched more than it should have. But with Jesus, not only was everyone fed, but everybody was satisfied. He did a whole lot better than Elijah with just enough rations for the day for him and the widow and her son. He did a whole lot better than Elisha that took a, a pretty good, decent portion of food and fed a hundred prophets. Jesus took enough food that was just for the 12 and fed thousands. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Elijah. He's greater than Elisha. And it says they, were, they ate and they were full. They were satisfied. They ate till they didn't want any more. And when they didn't want any more, there were 12 baskets that ran over. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus not only fed them, but he satisfied them. He not only had compassion, but he, he provided for them. It's one thing to have compassion, it's something else to do something about it. Lots of people feel sorry for people, but Jesus had compassion and was moved to deliver those in need of their affliction. Then the story just stops. We don't get the reaction of the disciples. We don't get the reaction of the people. It just stops. And then verse 45 goes on to a different story. And there's a reason for that because this story comes back into play two more times in the Gospel of Mark. So we're just kind of left to ponder its significance. But what we want to do, remember, for this morning is that Jesus is a compassionate shepherd and you can trust him. Jesus, Jesus satisfies the hungry soul. He is the bread of life. And those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. There's no obstacle that can keep our good shepherd from providing for us. There's no situation where we're too far gone that he won't go and find that lost sheep in the wilderness. The king will bring peace. Isaiah 40 says, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead those that are with young. I read Jeremiah 23 verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read the first five verses and then we'll close. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastors, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, have not visited them. Behold, I will visit you upon all your evil doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them again to the fold, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them that shall feed them, 
They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice on the earth. There was coming a day when a king would come, a shepherd king, who would be a good shepherd, who would bring peace to the people, who would bring salvation to the people, who would bring hope and compassion to the people. And here out in this desert, where everybody else was in the palace and the cities going about their business, here about in the desert, the righteous branch had come. The shepherd feeding and caring and having compassion on the sheep. You know that shepherd this morning? Do you know him and you follow him? Do you, you love him? Well, I tell you, he's a good and compassionate and loving shepherd. If you come to him, you'll find rest for your soul.